This is Delicious Math Air, and you are listening to Footstuff. We always tell people to keep it wild. This is like our yeah, one week to... Yeah, keep, don't keep it wild. Keep it wild for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, gang. Welcome to Footstuff Podcast. <laughs> this is episode 99 of the Outdoor Recreation Comedy. We are ostensibly live and recording in Studio 7, just outside of New York State's largest wilderness area. Footstuff Podcast brings you stories of adventure, antics, and activism from around the country. My name is Tyler Stewart's Run SoCash, and I'm Ooh. joined tonight... By a near-empty studio and a hologram of Jeremy Utz, who is truly our only hope. <laughs> but to my immediate studio left is Delicious Matt Bear. I got cabin fever. I've got it too. <laughs> Tim Curry in Muppet Treasure Island is a national hero. Oh, so good. He Wait, no, just Tim Curry in general. Tim Curry in It or Home Alone 2. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that man from the hospital, the inimitable Jeremy Utz, the aforementioned Jeremy Utz. Falafelman. Ooh, that sounds good. I'm fighting the coronavirus with falafel. <laughs> falafel <laughs> with lime? Uh, no. Uh, yogurt, actually. <laughs> oh, like that, that sounds good. Well, this week, Footstuff Podcast will bring you some hiker news. Then we'll do a deep dive about keeping it local. We have been talking for 99 episodes about <laughs> keeping it wild, but that comes to a goddamn end right now, and we are going to keep it incredibly local for you all for episode 99. And we'll Is this episode 99? 99. Where, Shut the front door. Where has the time gone, and where has Wade gone? Nobody he's, knows. He's just gone. Who's Wade? Perpetually gone Wade. Let's begin with a little bit of foot stuff. And I'll begin because under... Wait, I think you need to address the uh, the elephant in the room, and that is we are actually using a teleprompter right now. Yeah. Jer- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the diligent and industrious, hardworking people of the island nation of Japan, Jeremy <laughs> is here in Studio 7 via hologram form. He's actually here. He's being projected through the teleprompter. And there is a hologram of Jeremy Utz standing there in a hood with side buns, beautiful side buns that he has. <laughs> and he's he's been sent here under a directive uh, about how to destroy the Death Star, I believe. Yep. Yes, that is true. That is very true. <laughs> what is the secret, Jeremy, of destroying the Death Star? Do we know? Falafel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's begin with a little bit of foot stuff. And I've got a few local stories. And they were local for a reason. Of course, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 outbreak. And we have been under directive from Governor Cuomo to recreate locally, to enjoy public lands, of course, but not to go too far from home. And, I, you know... We're pretty lucky in the Adirondacks, honestly. You can look around and see lots of public land, and it's fun to be able to choose your own adventure here, and it's fun to kind of think where else you can choose an adventure if you live outside or beyond the Adirondack Park, and we'll definitely get into that a little bit later. But it just so happens that there is a wilderness area near where I live and I had not really no recreated that much <laughs> in there before. And it's called the Sentinel Range Wilderness Area. Oh, my God. I, I, I implore you all, go online, look at wilderness.net, and just try to discover where the nearest wilderness area is to you, whether you live in southern Illinois, eastern Kentucky, <laughs> southern Virginia, you know, the panhandle of Florida, heaven forbid. Ooh, so I don't, I don't think there's before. 2004. I was there, Panama City. Never <laughs> forget. Was it beautiful? I was on the eighth story balcony, and I threw a beer bottle and landed it perfectly in a hot tub. <laughs> I had tape around it the next day. 
Wow, perfect <laughs> shot, Jeremy Utz. Bank shot. That can be your nickname. Yes. <laughs> Bank shot. Well, look up where the nearest wilderness area is. If there aren't any wilderness areas near you, fight hard with local legislators to make it happen. But maybe you have a county park. Maybe you have a state park. Maybe there is a wild way or a, a pathway, a canal pathway for you to go biking on or, or running down. Try to find something nearby that you don't often explore. And for me, this happens to be the Sentinel Range Wilderness. I almost never go in there. But I thought, why not? You know, it's close to home. I still had to plan ahead and prepare. I left an itinerary with Matt Bear. So if I went missing, Matt Bear did know where I was. Yeah, that is true. And he made me take a photo of him in his brown fleece with the Holy Trinity. (laughs) (laughs) I had my map. My compass and my brown fleece. Yep. And I wanted to go bushwhacking, not too far, only about a mile or two into the woods uh, to a a few rocky outcroppings and up to a mountain that I had never summited in my life, uh, Sentinel Mountain. And I actually got a message from friend of the podcast, Jay Whitborn, this morning, who said, Sentinels, huh? It's like going into a pack of rabid cats with razor blades for claws. (laughs) And the Sentinel Range is like that, except Jay forgot to mention that the cats are also eating acid. (laughs) So at one point, while... Did you actually make it to the summit of Sentinel? So I was pushing my way up the mountain, and at one point, I had my map with me, I had my compass, and I realized I have about a thousand more vertical feet to climb. And I I just knew it would take a while. At one point, I couldn't really move. I couldn't push through the trees <laughs> forward. I couldn't fall backward. I couldn't go to the left or to the right. I just stood there and started laughing to myself. <laughs> so I did continue. I, I, I burst through the trees like the trees gave birth to me. And I, <laughs> I was the progeny of the wilderness, and I just marched uphill, uh, attained the summit ridge, and I, you never should say this when you bushwhack. You should never say, I think I'm almost there. <laughs> you should just never say that while hiking in general, I think. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes. You're five minutes from the top. Um, well, I kept persevering, kept pushing on, and I had my eye on my clock too because i was getting kind of close to my turnaround time jeremy to your point you know bushwhacking you move a heck of a lot slower than you can up a a perfectly marked trail for sure but i finally made it to the top and found that beautiful regal summit sign and i i I, what's that jeremy there's a sign on the summit there is, yeah, there is a sign up there. I didn't know that actually. That's pretty cool. I didn't either, like a wooden one, like you see on some of the. Oh yeah, uh, like like the Sewards and the like the Santonis, like those kind of signs. It's even better than that, Jeremy. Someone took the time to gouge out the lettering. It's engraved. It's it's not how I would like it. I like my signs embossed. It wasn't <laughs> made of uh, hot bacon. <laughs> Uh, no matter what, during this COVID-19 outbreak, you should not be groping the summit signs, nor should you be tenderly fondling the trail signs. You should let them be. You have to be, you have to show some restraint out there. But anyway, I was about to leave the summit because I looked on my map and lo and behold, in front of me was a mountain named Stuart. And just like when I climbed clap mountain near uh the hammond pond wild forest a few months ago i just can't help myself with stuff nation when i see a funny named mountain i feel compelled to go i did take about 20 steps jeremy and i realized it was three o'clock p.m and the sun was setting really and i i took about 20 steps and i stopped in my tracks and i said you know what if i bushwhack back right now I probably won't even get out until sunset. So I I uh, I did the right thing. I reassessed. I looked at my map and noticed it was still a two-mile bushwhack to my car. And I also knew that the day was losing daylight fast. So I abandoned Stuart, marched back down, and did get out of the woods right at sunset. So it was, it was a well-timed turnaround time. Uh, but... 
that set the scene for my next day. You're right. We're all feeling a little bit maybe claustrophobic in our houses or apartments right now. We're feeling like a bit antsy to get outside and explore. And so I said, you know what? I need a redemption hike for Stuart. So just yesterday, I repacked my backpack, put enough food, water in there, got my map, my compass. Everything was ready to go. I drive to my trailhead to hike Stuart Mountain in the Sentinel Range of the Adirondack Park. And as I'm getting out of my car to put on my micro spikes, and yes, by the way, until about late May, there will be snow up high on the Adirondack Summits. I'm putting it's on about two inches today. Yeah, it's snowing right now, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah right. it is literally. There were snow plows driving around. It is. Yeah, Lake Lake Placid's getting dumped on. Hammering snow right now. Yes. Well, I'm going to put on my micro spikes because there is still a lot of snow in the Adirondacks, and I snap one of them clean in half. Hell yeah. <laughs> at first I thought it was because I was doing lots of push-ups lately because of that 10 push-up challenge. Where are you at, Footstuff Nation? <laughs> but I, no, instead I just have feeble, pathetic micro spikes. <laughs> and they snapped clean in half. And in the midst of that turmoil that I was going through, albeit, you know, a pretty on a minute scale, I inadvertently like tucked my car keys into the same pocket as my compass and as i went to go lock my car i accidentally must have knocked my compass to the ground only about 20 feet from my car (laughs) and i'm bushwhacking up to stewart following a terrain feature through the woods that was very reliable but as that terrain feature came to an end i went to go grab my compass and uh to find my new bearing and i couldn't locate the compass luckily though you know, I still brought a physical map that I could reference and relate it to the world around me. And I was still able to walk up to the top of the mountain, um, painstakingly groom my fingers through the summit duff and snow to try to f- find the true summit of Stuart. I was able to find it. It took lots of searching, as bushwhacking typically does. And I tried to follow my snowshoe tracks in the snow all the way back, uh, which led me directly to my compass, which was within <laughs> eyesight of my car. Uh, but luckily, I had a backup plan the whole day because there was uh, blue skies, a freshly fallen um, layer of snow. I knew I could just turn around and walk my snowshoe tracks directly back. And well, that's exactly what I did. But Jeremy, last thing I'll say is from Stewart Mountain, which has a beautiful view of Whiteface Mountain, I saw something that is going to make you actually shit your pants. <laughs> I could see your favorite place in the world, Connery. Mount Vernon? What was it? Mount Vernon? Did you just say Mount Vernon? Favorite <laughs> <laughs> place in the world. <laughs> I didn't know you were a big Jeffersonian here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, old Tommy. Old TJ. <laughs> he did get that delicious Louisiana purchase for us, and for that, we thank him. Mm. But I did see Connery Pond, and I know how much you love that beautiful speckled lake. Only if it's frozen. <laughs> And you're always so righteous about who, what part of the pond you have to walk directly over for it to count, or if you walk around it, or if you stick your big toe into it. Yes, it must be skied upon. Otherwise, it's the coward's route. So Connery, yes. Connery Pond is uh, basically right on the edge of the Mackenzie Mountain Wilderness, right before you walk towards Lake Placid and Whiteface Mountain, our fifth tallest high peak in the Adirondacks. Jeremy, he loves that place. He loves it. Talk about a micro-adventure. If you enter your name into a raffle, Matt Bear, can't you get a free walk with Jeremy Utz to the the base of Connery Pond? And isn't there an email? I believe so, yeah. I think that's footstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jeremy, you you yourself went on a few micro-adventures this week. Were they in the Sentinel Range Wilderness area? Uh, no, but I, I did get a chance to get outside and stretch my legs uh, a little bit, at least a little bit more than I have been. Um, there was a day, Wednesday, last Wednesday I was off work, and I decided to uh, really nail down where the Jackrabbit Trail goes 
through the town of Lake Placid. Wait, just just a second, Jeremy. This is like a tale as old as time. I don't think it can be done. Yeah, it's honestly really confusing because uh, some places that there's just no markers and you have to just assume that you're on the trail. But the trail kind of runs right behind my house, so I just walked out my front door and grabbed the trail. And uh, before I knew it, I was at Crown Plaza taking in the views and then walked down to Lake Placid Pub and Brewery, brewery where they're selling beer and wine on the sidewalk. <laughs> that is new. Uh, I hope that there, becomes... things get really weird. Yes. I want um, that whole I, sidewalk I, selling thing to become our new normal. I really like that. So the, the Jackrabbit Trail, though, Jeremy, is a 42-mile ski trail from... Paul Smith's College, which Matt Bear totally loves. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it goes all the way to the town of Keene, where Studio 7 is. So what a historic trail. I always thought when you were walking past the pub and brewery, you had to encounter a real old-timey person who would say, Oh, yeah, Jackrabbit Trail. You don't want to go down that way. Lots of history down that trail. A lot of history on that trail there. So from behind the pub and brewery is where the markers kind of disappear. So you cut through this little alley, and then you uh, wind up on a road. And then across the road is like that golf course area. And you kind of go you, – you walk off the road a little bit, and then you cut to the right. And right next to their main lodge uh, is some epic views. But if you stay on the jackrabbit, you can you can go through there. And then you go down a little hill, you cut across the, the golf course, and then you're at another road crossing, which is uh, Route 86. Is it a shitty road crossing or an, an, a busy road crossing? If you were a turtle, could you make it over that one? No. <laughs> you, you would succumb. <laughs> but you cross over there, and then it's really tempting, but you don't go down the trail that's called Bull Run. You don't go down the Bull Run. You <laughs> take the jackrabbit which just sort of goes along the highway right there and then once it once it cuts back into the woods i found because i'd never been on that section that it's very nice and still quite a bit of snow right now jeremy what i want to have happen is someone to listen to those last two minutes of footstuff (laughs) podcast and i want there to be a a hand-drawn map of how how one walks from the the sidewalk yes. beer. You have enough time right now, Footstuff Nation. You have time. Someone needs to make yeah. this map. Apparently, the pub and brewery has a beer garden. There's wine <laughs> available too, and there's I, an alleyway there's somewhere. Garden, yeah, was it a dusty alleyway? This could help our artist in training. <laughs> yes. Well, now it's probably a snow on it, but at the time it was just mud and like slop. <laughs> <laughs> Slop. <laughs> and if I recall, after the slop festival, there was just, it was a regular golf course, right, Jeremy? Yeah, and you kind of just have to be brazen and just walk onto their property until you see a marker. Again. <laughs> uh, which did take a little bit of confidence, but I had a point and shoot film camera around my neck. <laughs> I knew that I looked legit. <laughs> That's how you do it. Jackrabbit adventure. It was pretty nice, and then I had I had the weekend off actually, which was really nice. And Friday, I got to do a little hiking with Danny. We hiked maybe like a mile of the NPT, the Norfolk Placid Trail. Ooh, we started nice. at the Averyville Trailhead, right by the Chubb River, and we just kind of hiked in for a while. Again, I brought some film cameras to take some pictures. And still a lot of snow on that trail. Honestly, right now you could probably uh, really enjoy some cross-country skiing on it. But a lot of the stream crossings were open. There was a couple places that were a bit wet and slip, slippy. (laughs) That is a really uh, nice section of trail, though. I've never been back there. It was really awesome. I got to hear a lot of cool stories from Danny about uh, last, I guess, yeah, last fall, two fall, two autumns ago. When she did the 38-mile section from Long Lake to uh, our house. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. So that was pretty cool to hear her stories and kind of like see that area. I've never been in there. I would really like to do that again sometime. But we just did about a mile, a uh, mile in, maybe then a mile back, and then hung out by the Chubb River a little bit, which was also really cool. It's uh, open and flowing. 
then Sunday we got to go out again. It was really, really nice. It was a little, little cold in the morning, but both days were really, really sunny and nice. We went to a mountain that I've actually hiked with Mount Bear, with Matt Bear. I like but Mount Bear better, but yeah. Mount Bear. We didn't make it to the summit, though. He thinks he summited, but he didn't. What? It doesn't count, Matt Bear. What I hiked we... Little Panther Mountain. Oh, Panther Mountain. A lot yeah, of history on that the mountain road there. Going to Tupper Lake, and I can attest that we did not summit that day. Fuck. <laughs> we were about maybe like 20 feet away. Oh, my I God. I Panther with Danny, and uh, man, it was really awesome. It's actually the first mountain that I have summited, I think, in 2020. Hell yeah. Nice. Well, did, did you really did you uh, did you continue the tradition by making tea and then spilling it everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was cool to actually see the view when we were there uh, a couple years ago. There was no view to be had. The view is actually really. Oh, good. that's right. Yeah, it was a snowstorm. Yeah, there's epic views of uh, Saint Regis Mountain from there. We even brought the binox to really get a close up of that tower. Nice. And Danny had has recently purchased some really cool Polaroid sunglasses that have like blue lens filters in the lenses of the glasses. And it makes a lot of the rocks, like a lot of the uh, Labradorite in the rock, like glow blue. What? That was really awesome to see. It kind of felt like I was on Mount Baker looking at a UFO or something. It was great. You were just charging the proverbial Panther Mountain moon crystals, is what you were doing. <laughs> and honestly, what better a local hike is there than Little Panther Mountain? I mean, we saw, we did see a couple people as we were going back down, but no one who was hiking that mountain at that time had to be in contact with anyone. I mean, we brought a ground pad and laid on the summit for probably a good 30 minutes. Nice. It, was, it was fantastic. So you don't have to go to the heralded and popular summits and peaks and places. You yeah, just like have ampersand. to, yeah, <laughs> avoid avoid <laughs> ampersand. That was overflowing. Ew. So yeah, if something's crowded right now, I mean, the exact opposite thing you want to do while social distancing is seek out a crowd. Um, I mean, mosh pits are fun and all, right, Matt Bear? But they are. You never know what you're going to get. No, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's never going to be good. The, the tip now is to seek more than anything is to seek a, a, a quiet place. That's a good movie. Yeah, oh, seek, yeah, seek it out in the theaters. Movie. Oh, wait, you can't do that either. <laughs> yeah, seek out Jim from The Office. It's great. <laughs> well, Delicious Matt Bear, did you keep it local as well? I did, yes. I did a little bit of running around Lake Placid and Jay, which was really fun, exploring some new roads around there. And I also went over to Cobble Lookout. Oh, no way, near near Santa's Village, Santa's Workshop. Well, I'm not going to acknowledge that place, but yes, it is near Whiteface <laughs> Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this was kind of one of the first days after um, like the big social distancing, no big group gatherings thing went out, so... I was like, all right, I'll get away from all these people. There were when I pulled up to the parking lot, there were two other cars there. So I was like, all right, well, I'll see see how it goes, see if it's busy or not. Um, and so I I started hiking along. There is still a decent amount of snow back there, but um, it was pretty icy, so I just wore micro spikes. And I was carrying a trash bag with me, and I picked up with gloves a medium amount of trash not a coward's amount but also not a brave amount mm. i don't know what you would call that not like a severed head or a shrunken heads no worth of trash. no 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 a general amount or um an unmentionable amount yeah maybe like a peasant's amount or something <laughs> a third place amount of trash <laughs> an honorable mention amount of honorable trash mention, yes. <laughs> a participation medal amount of trash <laughs> bear <laughs> uh, but yeah it was a beautiful hike and as you know jeremy you climb uphill for maybe 200 feet and then it is a downhill hike to the to the view yes, downhill to the summit yep which is amazing um i got out to the summit and there were 
Um, two other people out there, so not bad. We were able to kind of enjoy the view while also kind of keeping our distance. And then as I was hiking back, man, I probably passed like 10 different groups that were like all three or four people that were hiking in. And uh, man, it was when I got out to the road, there were cars lined all the way down the road. It was oh, crazy. Yeah. I was like, man, I need to get out of here. This is not good. How could you tell that they weren't lining up to go to Santa's workshop, though, at North Pole, New York? Because they were in the woods. Ah, man. <laughs> I think from Cobble Lookout to get to Santa's workshop, you would have to run. Um, <laughs> free fall roughly a thousand feet or so <laughs> and then smash through the roof into said workshop into rudolph oh no it probably improved that place i think hey did if you, if santa's um... oh sorry what was that say that again jeremy did you check out the climbing walls um, I walked, I went a little ways towards them, and most of the ice was gone, unfortunately, uh-huh. at least in the one spot that I looked. I think if you go a little further back, there was still a little bit, but it was a pretty warm, um, sunny day, so it was kind of a pretty drippy while I was out there. So, it's Matt, drippy. even though you did see some other people, which is great, other people getting outside is great. Footstuff yes. Podcast does have a recommendation, and that's for the time being. If you pass strangers on the trail, you should refrain from kissing them. Do not open mouth kiss them. Yeah, you should refrain. You should refrain from open mouth kissing and general suckling of strangers on the trail. <laughs> You've got to put the general suckling on hold. It's a moratorium for now. It's not like a this. This isn't a permanent suckling stoppage it's just for now the suckling is on pause i think is what cuomo said yeah yeah it was in his press release i think uh then i actually went and hiked little owl's head right in Keene, uh which was really fun well just the regular owl's head i guess and i went up there and there were no other cars it was really nice I hiked up to the top, and as I approached the summit, I saw a figure sitting on the summit drinking a Genesee, and I was like, oh, I know who that is, and I, as I, yep, as I approached the summit, it was Cowboy Dan, but yeah, I got to the summit, and Cowboy Dan was there, and we hung out a little ways apart from each other, and kind of talked for a little while, which was nice, it was nice to catch up with him. Um, we if even... anyone's got it, it's Cowboy Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's in those long locks of his, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, we, we were actually able to check out some of the cliffs, which were pretty cool, and um, cleaned up a little bit of trash. There was a, a broken uh, wine bottle, actually, that it looked like someone had hucked off the top that we that we carried out, which was uh, which was good to get that out of there. And then just yesterday, after work, I went up Roostercombe Mountain. Um, it was nice revisiting all these smaller local mountains, actually. It was really nice. Uh, the trail was really icy. Um, I only saw one other person. They were hiking down um, as I was going in, so then I had pretty much the whole trail up and down to myself. Uh, beautiful views from the top. Kicked over a, a nice little rock stack, which was nice. Um, though actually the first time going up there that I did not go to the Valley View ledges. What? Yeah, That's I know. That's the best part. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't go there. Um, you but the brothers, man. Yeah, it is a really good view. If you're going up there, don't skip that point one that feels like a half a mile side trip. Actually, I thought, always thought it felt like about 200 feet, because I think that's what it is. It's 200 <laughs> feet. Yeah, exactly. It's it's definitely worth checking out. It depends who hand-drew your map to get there. It's oh, all about a good yeah. hand-drawn map. Yep. But yeah, it was a, uh, a great little week of uh, keeping it local. Actually, earlier today, I went out and just hiked to the base of Roaring Brook Falls, which was really nice. Um Still some still some good ice out there right now, but definitely not climbable. It is flowing, but it was cool. 
Wow, that's great. Well, and did you do any general suckling on your drink? No, no suckling. Not no. this time. Okay. No. That's going to be really hard for people to handle, especially people from the Western Adirondacks. No, yeah. They and like I, Lord, would I know it. <laughs> well, Footstuff Podcast is going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring some hiker news from around the country. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Yeah. Well, hey, gang. Hey, gang, and welcome back to Footstuff Podcast. We have a few hiker news stories. Isn't that right, Matt Bear? Yes, we do. Yeah, we actually got one sent to us by a friend of the pod, Zoe, all about uh, whales who are actually building. This is the country, not the animal. Oh, f- yeah. for a second, I thought... <laughs> it's building now! <laughs> yeah, so Wales, the country, is building a national forest that will span the length and breadth of the entire country, which is really cool. So they have all these um, national forests and, and wildlands uh, throughout the country, but what they're going to do is try and um, connect the entire thing, making this big wild way kind of across the whole country um it's gonna act as a great habitat for some of their endangered species um they're trying to do this through large-scale tree planting projects and meant to restore kind of the natural whales and uh, fight climate change which is awesome trying to reduce that carbon footprint or they've already been allotted five million pounds which is about 5.7 million dollars for the project um, and another 10 is going to um, tree planting programs through uh, farming grants um, in the area, too. So it's, it's a good amount allotted so far. Yeah, so to start the project, um, they're planning on planting seeds at a rate of 4,900 acres a year. And within a couple of years, they're hoping to actually increase that to 10,000 acres a year that they're planting. And I mean, obviously, it'll take a while for all of this to grow. But eventually, I mean, it'll be one huge national forest system that will kind of connect the entire country, which seems amazing. Yeah, it's radical. Yeah. It's very radical. Yeah, so that's a really cool project that is like just getting underway. And hopefully within a few years will be something pretty amazing. Whales, are they plotting our demise? Tune in tonight. <laughs> I still can't I picture anything. about that whole land until like four minutes ago. <laughs> it's about time that they can be known for something. Yeah, that is true. Well, I have a news story coming out of the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Ooh, beautiful. They're beautiful just, this time of year. They are. They really are. A hiker. But, uh, but actually... If unless you live there, do not go there right now. This, this is the first time Footstuff has ever advocated for that. But yeah, stay yeah. stay away from the White Mountains unless you live there. Hiker survives two hundred foot fall from Mount Washington and is saved by a train. Oh, he landed on the railway. <laughs> so, as we all know, there is a very controversial cog railway. That goes. Can I wait? Can I interrupt you for just a second? Please. I have two nicknames for the Cog Railway, the actual locomotive. <laughs> can I please voice them to you? Yes. You guys can pick which one you like better. Option A, the Blight Launcher. Oh, that is. Re- I don't know how the other one's gonna win. Option B, the Blight Hauler. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I got to go with the hauler. Yeah, that is pretty good. (laughs) Well, in this instance, you know, I could probably bicker all day long about the cog railway and the ethics of putting a train for pleasure up to the top of a mountain. But this one hiker is probably pretty lucky that the train was there because someone who we won't name uh, did end up falling. And the article is immaculately clear on this point. A hiker fell 200 feet, and parenthetically they say 60.9 meters, and in brackets after that they say 34.7 wades. (laughs) 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 Fell all the way down and was near the Cog Railway at the bottom of the fall. And then the train got him. (laughs) Very luckily... (laughs) 
the train did not run them over. It wasn't one of those old-timey situations where someone's tied down to the track and you're just desperate for a rescue. Yeah, like when you get you get drunk and pass out on the tracks and you wake up and you don't have any legs. And then the rest <laughs> of your life you spend like wheeling yourself around in a little <laughs> cart. You father a son named Henry Lee Lucas. That's like that's your story at that point. That's what happens to you. Yeah, it's just like that. Yes. It, the article then goes on to say it was ironically the rocks that saved her from plunging further into the ravine. So, luckily... Saved by the rocks. Saved by the rocks. The rocks broke her fall. <laughs> yeah. And she was incapacitated and her right leg. there. But luckily, there were other hikers nearby who actually had a space blanket, which they used to keep the patient warm until... Did they actually use those in space? Yes, 100%. All the time. It's the only thing you can sleep in in space. Oh, okay. All right. Continue. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so at this ledge, they were close enough to the Cog Railway, which doesn't typically run this time of year, but the rescuers could only get up the mountain so far on ATVs and snowmobiles because it was kind of windswept up there. So for this one-time instance, they got the train going, the Cog Railway, and they brought the rescuers right up to the patient, and they were able to bring her right back down. So oh, yeah. on the flight hauler. <laughs> now, you should never plan for the hauler to take you out of there. You have to you have to go in with your own first aid kit and your own outdoor skill set to get yourself out of these remote situations. But, you know, Footstuff Podcast has taken a very staunch position against the trains. Uh, but in this one case, I think we're pretty happy that there was actually a train to do some good work out there and help a hiker out. We're very happy for that person. Yes, indeed. Matt? Jeremy? Well, that about does it for the news. Uh, if you listen through the break, you can hear us take a deep dive into uh, a deep dive. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was really funny. Tyler was like, oh, we could just go up to Jeremy and Dana's house and record there if we wanted to. And then I was like, we wouldn't be able to sit six feet away from each other in <laughs> Jeremy's house. You can't get six feet from anything. <laughs> you live in a coop. coop. It's a coop. <laughs> well, hey, gang, welcome back to Footstuff Podcast. So, of course, the world has changed. Wade's gone. Studio 7 is nearly empty. And you're all wondering what the hell to do with your time. And frankly, we are too. So we're in it together. Well, there's 98 other episodes of Footstuff Podcast you could listen to if Be you careful. so choose. Lord knows what you'll catch if you listen to them all. <laughs> but Start at number 10. <laughs> I saw in the news today a very interesting article from Outside Magazine. And I feel like it sets the, the scene for us promoting keeping it local. And I think it dovetails nicely with what the Leave No Trace Center for Outdoor Ethics has re recently proposed during these uncertain times. And the outside article was entitled, and you could look it up, it's pretty cool, Outdoor Meccas Are Not a Social Distancing Hack. And in this article, the American Alpine Club, the mayor of Moab in Utah, are all coming out and saying, hey, these outdoor meccas are actually not that safe for you. One, because those small populations don't have the infrastructure in place to keep their own population safe. But So you would be safer if you stayed more locally, where there's probably more medical resources where you're from. But it's confusing in this day and age when we're also being told to get outside. And of course, Footstuff Podcast, we love going outside. But it's tough because some national park fees are waived, other parks are closed, uh, in the Adirondacks, even, uh, the town of Keene, the Adirondack Mountain Club, the Adirondack 46ers are asking people to travel locally. And Leave No Trace came out with a great set of guiding principles. It's like Guiding Light, the great American soap opera. <laughs> Not my favorite, though. It's probably my second favorite soap opera. Um, my first is Passions. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hell's Kitchen. Ah, well. <laughs> yeah, Passions is that shit. He is right. Passions is the shit. It's really good. There was like a witch. Not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Leave No Trace advises you, one, expect closures. If you're going to travel far from home during these uncertain times, you should be ready 
to do a few things on your own. Information centers are closing across the country during this time. They're the Leave No Trace Center is asking you to be mindful because when information centers close, their bathrooms close too. And do you all remember just over a year ago when Trump shut down the federal government and all of the national Everything parks went, went to shit? It was actually <laughs> like zombie apocalypse. Uh, Shitty situation. Yes, yep. it was. That could happen right now. So I think we need to be great and exceptional stewards. You can't just... Be a regular visitor to a park in these times. You have to be an exceptional, maybe even hashtag brave as a visitor and be ready to pack out all of your trash. That's the other thing Leave No Trace is saying. Be ready and anticipate closures. Be ready to pack out your all of your things that you bring in with you because there might not be regular trash pickup during this time. Leave No Trace also reminds us to avoid times and places of high use. If a parking lot or trailhead is full, remember, there is a buffet of surfaces out there for people to touch and fondle (laughs) and suckle, and you don't know who was suckling and fondling that surface before you decided to. Uh, Now, I I should say that um, you still can lick the fire towers, and that's okay to do until June. But besides the fire towers, well, I don't know about you. That. You can just <laughs> get it all up in your gums and all up and down the banisters of every fire right tower. Now is not a good time to stand underneath a fire tower. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> but but That's a bad time. Lick away though. Lick away. Uh, lick away, Meryl. Lick away. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, Leave no trace. Also says. Proceed with caution. Don't do certain activities that would uh, involve too much risk. For example, if you're climbing that ice as it's heaving and cleaving uh, away as you pick at it with your ice picks and your crampons, maybe choose something a little closer to the ground. Don't put yourself into any perilous situations that could put rescuers at risk. And of course, as always... Remember the seven leave no trace principles with an emphasis on being considerate of all the other visitors out there. So I, I think staying local is the theme, being mindful and kind to what the are, places you visit. Tyler, what are those principles again in case someone Well there's listening... Principal Skinner and <laughs> print <laughs> Principal Skinner, he is a hoot. I do like him. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, do you know any principles in, in your life or any references? Um, no. I do know that uh, Jerry Seinfeld's uh, seventh grade gym teacher was Mr. Bevilacqua. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I can't. <laughs> I can't think of any principles. Well, that's that's totally fine. I think plan ahead and prepare is probably the most important principle of all. Of course. Because especially we just, right now, we just had an incident, didn't we, Jeremy, on top of New York State's uh, t- tallest mountain, Mount Marcy? Yeah, it was just a couple of days ago on Saturday. There was a rescue that involved over a dozen rangers. I heard. Ugh, that's insane. Yeah, uh, and that's you know, if you're going to choose an adventure that's a little above your pay grade, um, just know that that's really taxing the resources. So maybe. In these times, choose something that's in your wheelhouse and that's really local and uh, pretty safe because we don't want to put anyone else in danger right now. Uh, And plus, the winter warlock is out there and he will find you. (laughs) He found that person. Uh, Well, Matt Bear, you've been staying local and keeping yourself busy. How can we inspire Footstuff Nation to find local things in their neck of the woods? Um, well, there's a lot of great online resources that you can use. I mean, nearly every region has a travel website and that kind of thing where you can check out kind of what's local to you. Um, even just getting on Google Maps and checking out like Google Earth, that kind of thing. If you're like, if you just like look right around your area and kind of look for those green spaces and stuff like that, there's Places you might not even know exist that you can go check out there with like, within like five ten minutes of your house. I think that's a great way of doing it. Just checking out all those reading old guidebooks like Jeremy likes to do. Yeah, yeah that'll yeah, there's, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of great books out there, not just for this area, but everyone's area. Everyone's area yeah. has a history that you can look up and go and yep. find these places. Or you can even just hang out inside while it's snowing here and read those books and that way when this is all blown over you'll be able to get out and have a whole list of things to check out i would say find an old-timey person in your town to draw you a, a map of local yeah, lore yeah. and local spots people who aren't working a lot or aren't working at all like this is a really good time to maybe like read that book that you never had time to read before or like i don't know like make a make a list i love i really enjoy making a list oh i love a list and stuff i want to do like i make a ski list i make a hiking list i have a paddle list like i keep these lists going of all these places i want to go to <laughs> jeremy does your uh takes does your hiking list just say go paddling or skiing <laughs> it says haystack and then yeah that's it, it says haystack. <laughs> that's it but it's a really it's a great time to do that it's also a great time to just get lost in a in a like a sci-fi or a fantasy novel like something that's really whimsical yep or you know Potter. what you know what i did the other night on the banff mountain film festival's youtube page they have Nearly all of their films on there. I watched the entire 2020 lineup of films on YouTube the other night. It was great. Awesome right. outdoor adventure recreation videos. Um, they have a whole bunch of them on there. And then there's other great ones, too, like Co Cody Townsend's project that he's doing. You can go watch all of those right now. The 50, that's uh, the, awesome. Yeah, those are the best. I The last one was actually in the eastern united states the last one was uh on mount washington yeah that and was sweet really cool to, to watch a western skier ski in the east in uh, like negative 30 episode. even if you don't like uh that kind of stuff that much that recent episode is worth watching yeah yeah he's still wearing that flat brim even though it's negative 30 degrees out <laughs> yeah i wonder I if he wears a beanie over it well, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, he'll do that, or he'll wear a he'll wear a beanie, then the flat build cap, and then a helmet, which is very strange. Style points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, duct tape, then beer, like their their channel. They have some amazing films on there. That's where you can find uh, The Road from Caracol is on there, um, and then Paul's Boots and a whole bunch of other great ones are on there. It's a fantastic resource. Um, and also, I mean, you could, yeah, listen to podcasts. Do that yeah. for a while. It's all, I mean, honestly, there's nothing more relaxing than, like, sitting at home, dim the lights down, put your headphones on, and just listen to a podcast. It's great. I mean, I think above all what people, you know, the best thing you can do right now is you have to be at home or whatever. So just, like, relax. Do something that's not stressful. Don't yeah. make yourself any more anxious than you need to. Don't watch the I've news. I've been reading a ton. I've been reading, like, nonstop, and it's awesome. I love it. Hell yeah. Yeah, people around the country are finding themselves uh, – at home a lot more now. I just learned today that all state parks, all 175 state parks across Florida have just been closed, the, the state-operated parks. And of course, we know that the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail have asked hikers to stay home during these times. And the Green Mountain Club even said, "Don't please don't camp at campsites across the state of Vermont. So there's a lot of places you're being told, no, don't do this, don't do that. There's so many more places, though, that are totally free and available for you, a short walk from home. I mean, I just think of all the places where I've lived or visited. Every state has something, every town has something cool on its edges or right in the dead center that is still a socially acceptable distance from other people. Like if you're in Maine, you could probably just go to it's Maine. What's it known for? Most coastline of any state in the contiguous U.S. I think you could just like walk out your door in Maine and just like be in the wilderness. I think that's just what it is. Yeah, and also there's like the Rachel Carson uh, like wildlife refuge where you can see cool birds, and there's uh, there's there's gray seals that live in the little bays, and yeah, man, Maine, awesome. You could just go stand at the Portland headlight and watch that light 
do laps in circles and Throw just rocks at it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in New Hampshire, maybe avoid Mount Washington right now. But if your yeah, backyard is New Hampshire, go on a short walk in the woods. The White Mountain National Forest is huge and is much more than those 48 peaks. So go see something new. Go in the woods, you know, around the base of Mount Monadnock. You don't have to go to the top. You can just get outside for a little fresh air with your family. If you're in Massachusetts, though. Someone go walk the ski trail on Mount Monadnock and uh, take a picture of it for me. There you go. (laughs) If you're in Massachusetts, there is one place you should never go. Boston. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Plymouth Rock because all it is is a bunch of fourth graders disease riddled as they are and they're <laughs> hucking change they're just hucking change down at this rock it's just nickels and dimes nothing significant no half dollars nothing with good heft it's just like pennies 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 the occasional diamond nickel so that just avoid that but there's so many places i think head over into the berkshires somewhere and you know try to check out one of the local trails that doesn't get too much use and isn't too popular it, go to Purgatory Chasm. Oh, that place is sick. That is sweet. Yeah, it's super sick. And if you're on the way down 146, that highway that leads down to Providence, you could do a quick side trail to Rhode Island's high high point. Do you remember which what high point that is, Matt Bear? I don't even remember what it's called because it was that insignificant. It's to me. called Jeremoth Hill. Oh, Jeremoth Hill, oh, legendary. Yeah, yeah. You have to walk maybe. Uh, Six full strides, and you get to a row of Tibetan prayer flags, uh, and you can summit the high point of yeah, uh, Rhode I believe, Island. Yeah, I believe it is a dislocated shoulders thrisby throw from the road. It is. It's very short. Uh, Connecticut's got all those state parks along the Long Island Sound where you could eat moon jellyfish and be content. You can, yeah. New York, though, I mean, New York City, we have a lot of listeners in New York City, and that's like Outbreak Central right now, and so many people from the cities are trying to go escape to the mountain towns, and all of us are probably, you know, who have it and are young, can be asymptomatic and can be spreading. So instead of driving five hours across the state... Stay home. Stay nearby. I mean, if I know it's from a place of privilege. We're all speaking to you now from the Adirondacks. Uh, We're very lucky to call it home. Uh, but if I lived in Rochester again, and I loved Rochester, there's so many places around Rochester, so many tiny parks. Monroe County in Rochester has so many. Ellison Park, Durand Eastman State Park, Highland Park. It's endless. You could just also that waterfall where people throw bears off. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. High Falls. So you know, I've lived in other places too, and no matter where you are right now, I think you can find the best. Right, you can find the best of your community. And it's likely that you just haven't gone to every little nook and cranny that your community offers. And I bet you can find some real solitude, even in some of America's busiest towns. Uh, you just got to be willing to look for it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's another really cool thing that has been happening lately that I've seen um, is a lot of the the live streams that are happening on Instagram and Facebook um, from all different sorts of people. Like people are... Um, that are self-quarantining or doing like daily workouts, that kind of stuff. A lot of musicians, since they can't tour and stuff like that, are doing live concerts in their house and stuff like that each night, which has been amazing. Um, Colin yeah. O'Brady, who we just talked about, who did uh, wrote The Impossible First and he did the Row Across the Drake Passage, he's been doing dance parties every morning on Instagram live and you can join in the party and he'll like plug you in and uh, it looks really fun. A lot of cool ways to keep, keep you occupied. Yeah, for sure. So if we didn't shout out your state, you know, we, we've got a stranglehold on the Northeast right now. We love you all so much, but of course we also don't want to give away your secret nooks and crannies in your States beyond the Northeast. But if you want to give us a quick shout out, Matt Bear, isn't there an email where you could uh, give us your favorite little hollow in your neck of the woods? Yeah, it'll be footstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring you some plugs from Footstuff Nation. I 
How's that Mountain Dew slushy treating you? I've got to have a different diet. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, gang, welcome back to Footstuff Podcast. And thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can subscribe to this high-quality outdoor recreation comedy on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you like what you hear and you're thirsty for more, and leave us a review on iTunes like Jake Kinney did. Uh, Jake's review, which was a five-star review. Hell yes. Which That's the lowest we accept. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Jake's fen- phenomenal review starts at, with this. An unexpected gem. I like to think we're uncut gems. Uh, having recently started my journey of hiking the Adirondack High Peaks, I was searching for a podcast on that subject and found Foot Stuff. So I gave it a listen. Since then, I've binged listened to most of it now because it's hilariously insightful and the group is not only hiking, they're skiing, and they're just in the outdoors in general. We are. We're just regular in general in the outdoors. We're generally outside. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend this podcast to anyone looking for some laughs and to gain some knowledge into the world of outdoor activities. Jake, thank you. That was a very kind review. We haven't received many reviews lately. So, Jake, Yours meant a lot to us. We do appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The next person that I want to thank is Troy Tatro. Troy just happened to be in the Western United States during this this tumultuous time in American history, but he is doing something very brave. Troy is not just visiting parks. He is actually picking up trash from these national parks and beautiful areas around the Western United States. So, I just want to say, Troy Tatro, thank you very much. And to this date, you're still the only Footstuff Podcast listener to put a sticker on your television, a Footstuff sticker on your TV. That is true. <laughs> and he he did just hike Angel's Landing wearing his Footstuff Podcast shirt. That's, that's very cool. Hell thank yeah. you, Troy. Just one last quick shout out for me. John Napier and Mary Kunze. I bumped into Mary on top of a local mountain who was just trying to watch a quiet sunset, and I totally ruined it by surprising <laughs> her with uh, my friend John. Uh, J- and John and I went up and just to watch a little sunset at our neighborhood mountain and bumped into Mary. It was uh, we stayed six feet apart the whole time. We even John brought summit beers and we cheered them six feet apart too, <laughs> which I thought was a nice sentimental touch, and it was really wonderful. Uh, when we can't see other people all the time to have a random uh, encounter with friends on a mountaintop. So I just wanted to say hi to John Napier and Mary Kunze. Uh, I've got a couple here. So right as we finished recording last time, we got an email from our good friend Justin Schultz, and he sent us a trip report. Um, from a recent local hike that him and Pogi Moonshine did. Hell yes, Justin. Um, they hiked up Rattlesnake Mountain. Oh, yes. Yeah, I tell you yes. what, you look right down into Willsboro Bay right there. Oh, yeah. What a beautiful mountain. Overlooking Vermont. And what they also state. cleaned up a pretty decent amount of trash while they were out there, too. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Seriously, Pokey Moonshine, Justin, you two are beacons of hope in this world thank you both yeah we also got a message from friend of the pod jake who recently hiked tabletop and phelps and had kind of been a fan of the show but had never met any of us and ran into wade out at marcy dam which was pretty he said was pretty funny he he wasn't sure if it was wade at first and then like when he got back he he found out that it was oh that's cool Ran- say, random wade encounters that should that's be that's nice yeah that should be a regular he gets thing. a lot of those yeah um and then a quick shout out to um jeffrey nicole her daughter michelle anthony macy all picked up um a brave amount of trash recently it's kind of crazy how much trash people have been picking up it's awesome massive hauls of trash lately um, we really appreciate it. Um, thank you for helping out with the Keep It Wild project. If you're out doing that, make sure you're staying six feet apart and wearing gloves. Um, but yeah, thank you. We really appreciate it. And so do the trails. And yes. we we just got a message while recording this um, from Anna, who lives in Rochester. And she just discovered the show. 
and is really loving it. Um, she loves coming up here to the Adirondacks. She, uh, it's her favorite place in the world, but she is staying at home in Rochester right now, so loves listening to the to all of our tales about the Adirondacks. And she is actually a nurse in the emergency department in Rochester. Oh, so man. Shout out to you. Thank you for doing the hard work right now. And shout out to all of our listeners who work in the medical field. Yeah. Or including gro- Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. Who also does. <laughs> If you work at a grocery store, if you're a bank teller, if you are at a a gas gas station, station, hell yes. All of the people who are still keeping our towns and villages safe, you know, police departments, sanitation workers, highway departments, sanitation workers, if you or your family members do those jobs, you are literally the most valuable people in this country right now. Thank you. Keeping it all going. Jeremy, do you have any shout outs at all for the people across Footstuff Nation? Uh, no. No, not really. Um, nope. We are so... Still working Jeremy Oates now. We are very lucky that we had you in hologram form here tonight. This was very wonderful. Yeah. Yes, can you guys see all the cool stuff on my wall? Yeah, it is. Well, now we can that you turn the light on. This is a painting of a grouse. (laughs) This is a painting of two grouse. (laughs) This one's a corpse plant. Uh, this one's a moth. It's a that's dead. It's a moth. It's dead a, moth. Isn't that cool? There's a bamboo plant up there. Oh, you, that is nice. You have a very interesting wall. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is true about me. <laughs> well, Footstuff Nation, if you're out delivering groceries or hot tang to your neighbors, if you see a man in a yellow slicker, make sure you hit him and keep it wild. Oh,